Success, it has been said, is not the absence of failure, but going from failure to failure without any loss of enthusiasm. This podcast was created to discuss the correlation between short-term failures and future success by those who have pushed themselves to become real powerhouses. Michael Jordan said, to learn to succeed, you must first learn to fail. And Mike Tyson said, discipline is doing what you hate to do, but nonetheless doing it like you love it. On this podcast, we celebrate those who were not afraid to fail by taking disciplined action on their path to success. My name is BJ Gramillion, and I am the host of the Real Powerhouse Podcast. I am someone who is very familiar with failure and am fascinated by others' imperfect journey to success. Welcome to the Real Powerhouse Podcast. Welcome to the Real Powerhouse Podcast. I'm your host, BJ Gramillion. Today, I have with me Adam West. Adam is a good buddy of mine who is a loan originator in Utah right now, but thankfully he also originates loans in multiple states, one of which or two of which being Tennessee and Georgia. And uh, so we were connected by um, Mitch Meyer, who used to work with us. And um, yeah, you guys have been uh, good buddies out there in Utah. And so Thankfully, he connected us, and um, it's been awesome working with you ever since. So, Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. So, um, we're going to have lots of questions, um, I'm sure, about loans and what the heck is going on with rates. And I know that everyone is anxiously awaiting, uh, but no one more probably than you and your industry uh, for the rates to come back down. So... Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll dive into that, but, uh, but before we get into that, maybe just fill us in, tell us a little bit about your family life. Yeah. Family life. I got two boys, five-year-old, two-year-old, been married for almost 10 years now. Next year will be our 10th year anniversary. Congrats. Uh, yeah. So, uh, wife just dropped the bomb on me that she wants a third kid. And I think this may be a uh, losing battle if I ever try to shut that down. So <laughs> you're going to have twins. That's what happens. Yeah. Watch out. It, it's kind of I, I, the more I'm thinking about like another kid, because, you know, the baby stage is just terrible. Yep. But now that this, the, the youngest is almost two, he's mm-hmm. so freaking cute and like just so amazing. So I was like, okay, we can get here. We can do this again. We can get here again. That's how they get you. I told her if we go three, it's, it's probably going to have to be done. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But yeah, born and raised in Utah. Same with my wife. Um, we love to get out and we live up in the mountains of Sandy, Utah. And so we love, uh, you know, I'm a big mountain biker, go on hikes. Uh, I got a little seat on my mountain bike for my two year old to jump on with me. And the five year old roll, rolls around on his bike. So just love getting outdoors, love the mountains and just chilling with the fam. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I saw you guys went to Washington recently and um, all those videos, you guys out there having a good time mountain biking looks so much fun. It's fun, man. Oh, yeah. that's good. This year too, uh, I used to golf a lot when I was younger. Mm-hmm. This year, for some reason, I caught the bug again. And so uh, now my, you know, that's not really a family thing. It's more of an Adam thing. But yeah, yeah. when I'm not working out with the family, I try to get some some golf in and that's been fun change up for this year good yeah that's awesome um cool well uh yeah what what got you into uh loans what got you into the uh yeah mortgage industry 
Yeah, I graduated college and entered the tech sales space. I have oh. some background in like mostly just door to door sales. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a salesperson. You know, mm. I should do tech sales uh, mostly because, you know, the sky can be the limit, right? When you work on commissions and the harder you work, it's a very high correlation of more work usually means more money. Not always, as you and I both know, BJ, sometimes we get paid pennies for what we do, but yeah. other times it's great. So did some door to door sales during college, finished college, got into tech sales. Um, and it was more business to business stuff, which was all right. Yeah. Um, I, I learned, you know, just learned the techniques of sales and, and way different than, you know, your door to door stuff. And then I got connected with a company called simple Nexus. They have an online mobile app that allows loan originators to sync up with realtors. And it was an app that was mostly made for mortgage bankers, like large banking institutions for their loan officers to have. There's, you may have seen it. There's a mortgage calculator and a bunch of stuff in there. So I was selling that to mortgage bankers. Um, and then I, you know, I was trying to get in the mindset of like who loan, loan originators are. And this is still a true fact today. The average age of a loan originator in the States is 55 years old. What? Isn't that wild? Yeah. Like, I don't believe Maybe that. it's come down a little bit, but it's, I don't think it's going to be in the 40s yet. It's definitely moving towards that. You know, it's, it's that mm -hmm. age is going to come down. But the average age, oh. you know, in the 50s, and I'm learning about their day-to-day -day activities. I'm learning about, like, what they're doing. And and then I, like, I made friends with one this this guy I was selling to and asked him how much he makes. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> Loan officers make that much money like it's like a realtor but not oh that's kind of cool <laughs> so anyway I pieced it all together and i had a buddy that uh was just just had started his own mortgage brokerage uh up here in utah and reached out to him and he had been kind of peppering me to join him for a while so i took the leap of faith because it's it's you know you're all in and it's full commission baby yeah. there there's no just like you, BJ, that, that there is no baseline of like, I'm guaranteed X amount of dollars. Terrifying. Mm -hmm. But my lovely wife was working at the time. She was our rock. She she held down the fort while I was building this thing up. And uh, yeah, I just hit four years in July and it's been a roller coaster. It's been great. I just kind of like dug in and hit, you know, my people, my sphere of influence, which is always a little bit awkward to jump into that because... You don't want to step on toes of like your friendships, you know? Yeah. But my fam family of friends were just so kind to like boost me up and give me some business when I was just a young lad that didn't know anything about loans. And and here we are. I, I like to think I know a little bit about loans now. Yes. No, absolutely. And, and it's funny because I uh, am very confident now in referring people over to Adam. Um, and you just never know. It, it, it's hard. You know, it, it's funny. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, um, with contractors or, um, yeah, let's just say contractors, right? Like they can all say that they can do X, Y, and Z, but then really you just, you have no idea, right? You just have to put them to the test, see how they do. Ideally you start small, see how that goes. And you know, there's several, uh, horror stories I could tell you out here alone. You know, when we were first starting out, that, that was what I was most concerned about. Cause you're like, man, I don't know anyone. Uh, you got to relearn all those relationships and stuff. And so you go through a lot of crap, right? To get to the, 
to get to the cream. And so, um, it's, it's no different really in any industry, but you know, obviously same with, with loans too. You give them all these documents and you're like, man, I hope they're not going to just be a pain and ask for a million more docs and <laughs> run me through the ringer. And then we get to closing and they are like, Oh wait, you know, I don't know if we can do it. So, you know, you go through those experiences enough, you get nervous trying anyone new. Um, but you know, I will say this, like, it's, it's funny. So Adam, uh, you know, <laughs> Anytime I work with a loan originator for like a personal residence, like typically we do uh, DSCR loans or we'll do uh, bridge financing just because we don't need, you know, if, if you fix and flip, uh, typically you just need a loan for a few months and, you know, you, you can get that pretty easily. Um, and it's it's pretty quick and painless. But knowing that I would need to get a, a loan for my personal residence out in Knoxville, I was terrified, honestly. Because anytime I deal with any loan originator with that stuff, I start sending them all of the LLCs that I have and all of the different, you know, all the different returns and all this stuff. And, and they just you, you can tell pretty quickly the deer in the headlight look if it's if it's not going to be a good fit. Um, but you never had that once with me. And honestly, it was like the fastest process. And and I was shocked. Like I kept waiting for you know, something to drop and for you to like reach out to me with that phone call, like, Hey, you know, we need this, or this isn't <laughs> going to work, but that call never came and we're in our home and it's all because of Adam. And so, um, like, how do you feel like, I'm just curious, you know, um, how, how have you been able to, I guess, navigate those complicated waters to, to get it to the point where, where you make it seem so simple? I, because that was what stood out to me more than anything was like, you really did simplify the process. I'm just curious, like how you figure that out. I think a lot of, a lot of what we do in our industry, same with you, it's setting expectations and you kind of already had something like you had a baseline of like, this could be so terrible. Mm -hmm. So you kind of already set it for me to be like, you knew that there was stuff that you had to get, you knew that there was documents. And then even after you think you're done, I'm going to come back for more. Mm -hmm. So you kind of set those for yourself, which was nice. But I think like with, with anyone that we deal with, like you set the expectations and you let them know, like if all goes well, here is the perfect world scenario. But, you know, things are probably going to come up. I think that um, and whether or not you realize that, BJ, I think that was like the biggest part of like yours, right? Mm -hmm. You kind of already knew that. So did I. So we went into it and, and just tackled what we could. Yeah. Um, the other side of that, though, is like, it's all about presentation because I can be calm and cool and collected on the phone with you and be like, yeah, I got this. But you had a, like your personal scenario, like you said, like there was a lot of going on. You have pastors coming in, this LLC is giving it this. There's a lot of stuff. And so like, it wasn't just me. Like I have a team behind me and I have support staff that can help me get through those crazy scenarios on income. Mm -hmm. Or if it's not you and it's someone else and it's like the weirdest guideline in the world, it's like there are different avenues that we can get down to or different people that we can ask. So I, th I think a lot of it's just like relying on the people that know more than you, yeah. which is so nice to have in this industry because they're, they're, every single deal that we do or every single flip you do, like something new is going to come up and it can bite you in the butt yep. if you're not ready for it. Yep. But if you're ready to roll with the punches, I think that that's a... It's a big part of it. So, yeah. I, you know, setting expectations uh, also. And then in the, in the meantime of like presenting, yeah. keeping it cool, keeping it relaxed, 
that goes a long way, right? Because you you can feel someone's energy. You do. And if someone's frantic and scared or nervous, like that's going to relay back to, uh, you know, the buyers or whoever we're dealing with in, in the industry. So yeah, yeah, and that comes with time because not every deal goes as smoothly mm-hmm. as yours did. Mm-hmm. Some are some are just terrible. Oh yeah. Um, Oh yeah. No. And, and I love that too, because yeah, to your point, I think that uh, your team takes on the persona of its leader. Um, and so if you come in with that attitude of like, you know, we got this, you know, just stay calm. We're going to work through it. Problems will come up. We're going to, it'll be fine. Um, that's a big difference from like the, the, the frantic hair on fire. What are we going to do? Like, you know, where's that document? What's going on? And, and so it's interesting because to your point, like, I love that you pointed out, like it, it takes a, a village, it takes a team. Like you got to make sure you have the right people behind you, you know, helping you. So what comes across like, yeah, like this is no big deal. Um, because I, I don't know, like between, I think that that is super important. Just having the confidence that, you know, you're going to be able to figure it out. Um, and then I also think too, like, and this is something that I feel is so underrated, um, that people don't talk enough about, like in sales, um, specifically is if you're just nice to people, like just being a good dude and like happy and, and just like easy to talk to, I don't think people understand how far, like how much grace that'll, that'll give you to, you know, if something does go wrong, at least they like you. And I just feel like, I don't know if that gets discussed enough. Like people want to do business with people that they like. And so you're a very likable person. And, um, and I, I don't know, it's sometimes people glance over that, but I actually think it's like a superpower. It's like, you know, cause a lot of yeah. people are stressed, especially in your industry, you know? And so again, like being able to just be like calm, cool, collected, and then just nice. I don't know. I, Personally, I, I thought, yeah, I call it the, I call it the it factor. Like if someone just has like a charm at all, like, you know, if you're able to talk to someone and smile and like connect with someone on a deeper level than just like, hello, how are you? Yeah. What? Like, I don't know that, that weeds out like 60% of the population, like right there. Right. Yep. Maybe, maybe more. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm not saying that like we're perfect at it, but it's just, I don't know. The good Lord bless us with just a personality, I think is what right. you're saying, right? And if you have that, and if you put in, if you add in hard work, determination, and just like a good attitude, yeah. you can turn, you can turn something into, or, you know, what am I trying to say? Yeah, nothing. You can just make something out of your life, yeah. right? You can, yeah. No. If you're putting, if you're putting your, your, uh, you know, your time and energy into the right thing, right? Of course, people can, right. You know, you know, the other thing I'm curious about, uh, what does your team look like as far as, um, yeah, how many people are on your team? And then um, do you also, are you the one that hires, you know, people? Are you the one that, that are, yeah. So tell me a little bit about how have you built out your team to be so successful? Yeah, so we have, um, there's a few hands in the cookie jar, as I think you probably noticed, BJ. We mm-hmm. have like a, a loan coordinator that helps with the setup and the early disclosures behind the scenes and i don't think i had him when when we did your loan but i now have like a loan officer assistant Mm. and so he's going through and he's kind of the first eyes on everything he's scrubbing documents he's he's just kind of like my right hand man my secret sauce behind the scenes um his name's justin shout out justin Mm -hmm. he uh takes a lot of my plate so then i can focus on like the bigger picture because it's so easy for us 
uh, you as well to get lost in the weeds, right? Like in every little transaction, you're looking through paperwork and you're going through the numbers. There comes a certain point where like, that is just a time suck. It's not money making activity. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I now have the, you know, Justin as a, a, an LOA loan officer assistant. Then we have a loan coordinator and then we have a processor. Mm -hmm. And I think you dealt with Christy. I did. If I'm, I'm not mistaken. Super nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're just there to kind of comb through everything with me. And, um, you know, it's a loan originator's job to be like the first gatekeeper of, hey, here's the income. With UBJ, it's like, here's like a rough idea of this dude's income. Can I get a second pair of eyes on this? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, as the process gets going, it's, it, it's amazing when, you know, when it's streamlined as it is, we're going to be like, all right, here you go. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be here for the big stuff. We're going to like talk about your lock and talk about rates when that comes up. Um, but the minutia of everything else, like I trust my team to get us across the finish line. And yeah. So that's, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've got an awesome team. So, uh, okay. I want to shift gears a little bit. I'm actually, uh, this is one of the things that I enjoy talking about probably more than anything, just because I love laughing at myself and just all the dumb things that I do. Um, and, uh, you know, they just create so many stories. So I, I honestly like just enjoy, you know, talking to others that, that have the ability just to laugh at, you know, their mistakes and, and failures in life. And so I'm curious, did you have any like big bonehead, moments that um you can look back on now and just you know laugh but but that also hopefully you know helped you to to learn some some pretty important vital lessons um and it doesn't have to be necessarily just in like the lending industry but but maybe just you know throughout your career have, have there been any of those moments where you're like holy smokes that was a big miss yeah i think the first like 12 months of me originating <laughs> Dude, like Every I think day. back about that and, and you know how, you know, that, like that saying in, in real estate, it's like, oh, experience matters. You know, yeah. like I have X amount of years in the industry, in the industry. There's some truth to that, but a lot of it's bogus. But for that first 12 months, I think <laughs> like when someone's cutting their teeth, uh -huh. man, you just don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And I made so many stupid decisions with like a pre-approval that probably shouldn't have been a pre-approval or, um, I think that's really it. Yeah. The one, and I have majority of my hair loss probably comes from in this one transaction. <laughs> we all have that um, one. This guy, the nicest dude ever, uh, was coming out of a bankruptcy. Mm. And I totally misunderstood. Um, so there's a, your, your bankruptcy date. Yeah. And then your discharge date. And if you don't know the difference of the two, the one is like when it starts, and then one is like when like all of your debts are forgiven. Mm. I pre-approved him on the wrong date. Oh. And we had like a 45 day difference of the start to the discharge date and his entire deal was crumbling and it was all on me. All on me. The, the dude had like $30,000 of hard earnest money. Oh. It was a nightmare. We ended up we ended up scrambling. We found some hard money. In fact, the dad of the real estate agent, he came in and he's like, well, I got some money. I could just kind of do a little bridge loan here. And that gave us the grace to close the deal. He didn't lose his money. He lost some money in, um, you know, the higher interest that he had to be in that loan for a little over a month. Mm -hmm. But we found a way to compensate once we got the, once we got him into a traditional loan. 
man okay PJ, so that what was point like... did you realize uh i i made a mistake like at what point in the did you realize uh, uh like week two maybe so like four a four week and this was like year one so this was a while ago and i tried to forget about this and you're bringing up some terrible things <laughs> here, but, um, but yeah i mean the, the whole premise of your of this podcast right is talking yeah. about like yeah rushing to fail and like falling into we all we all run into the terrible issues that we learn a lot from yeah so yeah week two of week four and then we were trying to scramble and like Work out, work out extensions. The builder was like, no freaking way. Because at the time, the builder could have taken a house and sold it for like an additional 50 grand oh. had this guy not bought. So the builder they was wanted like it to fall frothing at the mouth. They were so excited that he was going to fail. <laughs> and it was all on me. And I, oh, it was the worst. He also turned down this other lender, um, like the builder's preferred lender, be like to be like, no, Adam's proven all this value to me. I'm going to use him. Oh. So I had this whole thing coming to me, and I just botched it. <laughs> just botched it. But we got through it. It, it closed. He's happy. Um, I, I've even talked to him like since then. Like we're all good. Everything's cool. And that's the thing. And that uh, you know, when we do fail, it's great to learn something from it. But if you can, can you? If you can. Wow, can't talk. <laughs> if you continue to have a smile, keep positive, and like just push along, the majority of problems we run into are gonna be gone in two weeks or less. Yeah, you agree with that? Oh man, yeah. See, and what I love about that is okay, and and so maybe some of this uh, lingo or language might you know not be something everyone is familiar with, but so earnest money basically when you buy a home, you got to put up money and say, yeah, I'm going to buy this home, and hard just means it's non-refundable, and so this guy had thirty grand on the line, and so um, what I love about that story, I mean, I can't imagine I would lose so much sleep. And that's a big reason why, you know, I got out of being a financial advisor because I was like, man, well, what if the market turns? Because I got in it in 2008 and everything was going up, um, you know, after the crash. And so obviously I look like a genius, but I'm like, eh, when that happens the other way, I don't want those phone calls. And so, you know, you got 30 grand of this guy's hard earned money that he's about to lose because of you and your mistake. But the coolest thing for that, and, and I think so often, and, and maybe this is like the it factor you were talking about, um, about being cool, calm, collected. I don't know what it is, but I think some people just have a higher tolerance maybe for, um, for risk and, and for, um, you know, when things go wrong. There's just like this, uh, this weird confidence that, you know, some people just have. And you're like, I'm going to figure this out. Like, this is horrible, but I still think there's going to be a solution somewhere. I don't know what it is, but, but it's somewhere. So I love that you were like, Hey, you know, you figured out that solution with the dad involved and, and the 30 grand. And I, I'm sure you've never made that mistake again. You probably can <laughs> lecture anyone on the, the difference between those two dates. Right. Oh yeah. That's like my first question now. Oh, bankruptcy. Please give me all your documentation <laughs> right now. I want to see all the dates. Yeah, man. It's you're probably like the go-to guy now for bankruptcies. Like, you know, if you ever have this, because you probably researched every single, you know, part of that to figure out how you could fix it. Um, yeah, it's yeah. When when things go south, you learn a lot. As far as you know, loan officer, probably same real real realtor. Yeah, you learn a ton about the nuances of that problem. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I you know, so much useless knowledge in my brain for <laughs> bankruptcies and differences of like 
homeowners associations and their budgets and all that stuff. But yeah, it'll come up again. It will. And when it does, I'll be ready to tackle it. Well, and that's it. And, and obviously problems will always come up, but your ability to just have the confidence, like, I think I can figure out a way that's, I feel like what separates, you know, those that are going to make it in the industry and those that just won't, you know, that panic and, and, uh, you know, just kind of run. Um, and so, yeah, moving forward to that, actually, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people in the mortgage industry, as well as realtors, you've seen quite a bit of people drop out. And so I'm curious, uh, you know, how, how are you guys, um, handling the, the shift with the fed increasing the rates? Um, and, uh, and then also, you know, what, what do you guys feel like is going to happen? Cause I'm sure you get this question 1800 times a day. Uh, so here's your chance to go ahead and go live with it. I'm curious what you're thinking. Yeah. About. Yeah. So the first, first question was like, what are we doing to yeah. just deal with the market? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A big part. I'm a big believer. I mean, I've probably already touched on this and what I've said, but just mindset. There is so much business out there to, to get. There are people that need to buy a house. Mm. There are people that need to stop renting. There are people that are moving into Utah or out of Arizona to Tennessee or wherever, right? Yep. People are moving mm -hmm. still. The rates suck. You can't deal with that, but people have their lives to live and they have homes to purchase. Yeah. And so I think so many loan officers have just put their head in the sand and they're they're just afraid. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't want to see what's out here. I can't sell this rate. I can't do this. I can't do that. Uh, to deliver, it just it's, that's not going to get you anywhere, right? So, huge mindset of just positivity. And if you want to, if you feel like you're not busy enough, go get busy. Yeah. If you feel like you're not working, like figure out some, do something different. There's so many avenues to find a lead or to, to make a connection. Yeah. Um, another big thing too, that we've been focusing on is just building relationships, uh, right now, like uh, speaking of to realtors, cause that's who we go after a lot. We go after, right? Like I want to connect with as many real estate agents as I can, mm -hmm. because typically, and it's backwards how it goes this way, but buyers are going to connect with them first and then come and get pre-approved with us. So the more real estate agents I can get in front of the, the better. And so right now it's like. It's more than just like, you know, let's go grab a drink or um, grab some lunch. Mm -hmm. It's it's now more of like, what's what do you what are you seeing in the market? How can I help you? What value can I bring to you mm -hmm. as a realtor? How can we get leads together? How can we can you know, how can we commit to each other to get there? So yeah. it's definitely been a mind shift because for, for so long, you know, rates were so low, like it was just easy pickings right and so many loan officers were just taking the refis in mm -hmm. throwing realtors out to the curb they didn't care about you guys you slimy scumbag <laughs> uh but now everyone's like groveling and coming back to the realtors oh please please <laughs> um but it's all about relationships yeah. it's all about building trust and, and providing value to others mm -hmm. um and and but, I, yeah so like before we get into the rate conversation. I, I did yeah. want to touch on what you just said, because something that I've actually noticed a pattern um, several times with super successful people. And that is um, so in 2008, actually, when the market hit the fan um, a year or two before that, the first broker that I started to work for in Arizona had been going out to banks and starting relationships with bankers uh, and just asking them if they ever have any foreclosures or short sales or anything like that. 
Um, and it was very slim pickings. Like there were very few people that just had a bad situation. They fell in because the economy was going up, you know. So like the comparison would be like 2021, right? Like he's going around when the market's just insanely hot and just saying, hey, you know, who do you got? And uh, just built relationships and and uh, was going around talking to him. Um, and then, you know, fast forward a year later, when everything hit the fan, they only had one business card. They only knew that, oh, yeah, there was this guy that stopped by. You know, he stopped by every once in a while and would check in and, and we didn't give him any business because there was no business. Uh, but now we're, we're like, I don't know anyone in this industry. So guess what? He was the very first phone call and he ended up uh, making millions of dollars uh, every year for like four years. You know, he could retire, I'm sure, you know, off of those earnings um, because they didn't know who else to go to because he had planted those seeds. And so the time to prospect and build those relationships is when times are tough. Like that's why most businesses start, you know, in recessions not in good times because they planted the seeds way before the harvest came and so the fact that you're just being consistent and just following up with those realtors and you've been that way this entire time uh when everyone leaves because it's not easy anymore the people that last are just gonna reap like crazy the minute those rates go down to five i can't imagine how much fun you're gonna have so that's the hope yeah how much how much, how little sleep I'll have probably. Seriously. Yeah. All yeah. That, I think that's going to be a monumental shift in the market. If, if that, if that comes up, um, when's it coming? Yeah. You want to talk rates? Yeah. Uh, Tell me. yeah. Here's my spiel. Yeah. This is the way yeah, I get, I get asked this. What'd you say? Like 800 times a day? Yep. No one knows. No one freaking <laughs> knows. And you can never time it. And so I always will, will set this, this uh i'll set the playing field when talking to a brand new buyer or maybe a second or third time buyer mm -hmm. they're asking about how to time it how to get the rate blah 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 at the end of the day if the monthly payment if you can make it and if you feel okay with it and comfortable with it who flipping cares yeah. what the rate yep. is the rate is what the rate is you're not going to change it and there's way more powers that be that that are that have control of what's going on yeah so when people get so caught up in rate, 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 I think I think that's like a piece of that negative mindset of like, oh, they're so high. Oh my gosh, like affordability is so low. Mm -hmm. True, yeah, but like control what you can control. So I think that rates, I mean, like if I had to put on my my futuristic goggles here, mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I, I 2024, maybe, maybe next year, but mm -hmm. The more and more of what's happened so far this year, it's like 2024 could very well just still remain in the sevens. Like mm -hmm. maybe we're going to see rates dip up into the eight or get up into the eights. And then 2025, maybe when they come down, yeah. I don't know. I gave, I leave it a very, very vague when I talk to people, I, you know, 24, 36 months from now, we can potentially look at doing a refinance. Yep. If it comes sooner, sweet. If it doesn't ever come, Sweet. And that's another thing, like control what you can't control. Mm -hmm. um, there's a big, you've probably seen like all the, the videos out there right now. It's like, now is the best time to buy. And I think, that, I think that realtors and loan officers always say that, then they give a justification for why. Yeah. Um, but right now that the big move is it's the best time to buy right now, because uh, once rates do come down, it's going to do two things. Demand is going to go through the roof. Mm -hmm. You're going to have all these people that have been kicking a tire down the road, wanting to come by. And that is going to yield inflated valuations again. 
yeah. the cost of a house is going to go up. Mm-hmm. So if you buy now, yeah, it's a high m- monthly payment. You're in a high rate. You can refinance when those rates come down and you already have the house. You don't have to go into the, you don't have to go into the battle of, you know, the 15 offers on a house and try to, you know, sacrifice your firstborn to get under contract. Mm-hmm. I think that's coming again. So I kind of see that like, to me, it makes sense. But what I tell people is you can get right now and get whatever rate you have. If rates come down, sweet. You have the ability to refinance. If rates stay where they are, no harm, no foul. You're in a house. You're likely gaining equity on that house. And then lastly, third option is rates go up. Yeah. And they never come back down mm-hmm. to this range. And if that's the case, and if you have a seven, you're going to be freaking loving your life that you don't have a nine and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's just one of those things, BJ. It's like the impossible conversation because people want the answers. They want to feel, you know, like comfortable yeah. with with this. And they want to they want to know that their monthly payment will go down eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can't fully promise that. Yeah. But if you look at it as a whole, and I know that you're you have a big, big uh, you know, mindset on buy and hold. Mm-hmm. Buy property, hold the property, don't sell that flipping property. Yep. And if people do that, they're gonna create generational wealth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just might feel tight for a little while. Right, right. That's always the trickiest part is like, you know, the cash flow and, and being able to to weather that storm, you know, for a little bit for the uh, long-term gain. Right. And so, and, and yeah, I mean, to your point, think about, I mean, the, the bears that have been out there saying that there is going to be a crash in home prices. And I think we're going on at least a decade now. Like, and, and I mean, if you wanted to be conservative with that, I would say it's been, you know, COVID that was like their, their answer, right? Like, yes, now it's going to happen. And it dipped for like a minute, uh, like a month. And then obviously came roaring back. And then I think 2022 happened and everyone thought, okay, here's the adjustment we've been waiting for. And then it just, and it corrected a little bit in some markets, but obviously it came right back up. And so I'm with you. I just think people need to stop worrying about timing the market um, just because, you know, it's just a supply and demand. It's just a simple math, you know, like, or economic, you know, question where, you know, if, if there's so little supply, the population continues to grow. And really the only thing that the Fed addressed was um, just really more on the demand side. It, it did nothing for supply. In fact, it restricted supply even more and builders stopped you know, for a minute building uh, as well. And so it's just, they're so backlog, like we're so behind that there's just no way that you know we're gonna get to that point where Oh wait, that perfect storm that everyone references because that's, you know, their only frame of reference that they have. The most recent crash, I guess, besides COVID. But again, in in 2020, both of those were very short lived. You know, they were kind of a blip on the radar more more than anything. Um, yeah, what well, a few months of weirdness. That's and it. Just kind of like, yeah, like, yeah. So yeah. I mean, everyone always goes back to oh wait, and it's like, look, that is not it. That nothing. It could not be further from the truth. Everything that happened no. back then is the opposite to right now. And I just saw a stat, BJ, about the number of the percentage of default on mortgages right now. Yeah. Is that it's lowest in history. Well, and, and the reason why no more exotic loans. Yeah, 70% of people that have a loan, it's like it's under a three and a half percent interest yeah. rate. Like they are loving life right now. Yeah. That said, 
consumer debt and credit card debt, that's getting out of hand. And that's a whole other topic yeah. we can talk yeah. about. But, um, you know, people have a low monthly payment on their mortgage. And I think that's kind of spurred them to go rack up these credit cards. And, yep. Uh, yep. You know, and that, and again, like to your them. point, none of us know. And, and I love your answer because um, that's what it should be, really. It's just, hey, if you can afford it, do it. Um, and those that can't, right. then just figure out how to add on to your home or whatever it is, you know, you're, you're going to stay put for a little bit longer than what you anticipated. But the 30 year mortgage I'm telling you was the greatest defender against these massive crashes. And I really think that, Oh wait, it was, it was a financial issue. It was everyone with these exotic loan structures that were short term balloons that ended up being like, look, it came due. I have no choice. My, I can't make the payment. I'm done. I'm out. I have to go. They got in trouble. But if your payment's locked in to your point for 30 years, then who cares? Like, it doesn't matter if the value of the home went down 200 grand. Like, you're not going to sell it. Just you're going to ride it out no. unless you have to. Can I, can I tell a personal? I love like, it. I'm living this so personally right now because my wife and I bought a house. Uh, we closed June 2nd, 2022. We literally hit the peak of value. Yeah. I don't think we could have done it at, at, at a worse time. Yeah. And if I were to sell the house right now, I probably would lose some money. I don't think that much. If, you know, after six months, it was like really low. And then it, um, we're almost right back to where yeah. we were. But we bought this house with no intention of moving. Mm -hmm. Like we are here, we're gonna raise our kids here. We got in a great school district. Like we're very excited to where this is at. And, you know, I don't talk to my wife about this, but I'll talk to guys like you about it where it's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Me, right. If I told Allie, she'd be like, oh, we're, we're, yeah. we're underwater right now. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, a little bit. But are we selling this thing? Heck no. Nope. We're going to hold this thing. And by the way, I got a rate in the fours. Yeah. Heck yeah. So like I'm patting myself on the back, loving life. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I could buy a house $500,000 more and have the same monthly payment as I do on this one. So mm. it's, you know, it like, checks and balances and everything it's, it's all it's all relative yeah right yeah and same thing with anyone looking to buy a house right now like mm -hmm. yeah are you gonna sell it in three months probably don't buy it yeah probably don't get into the game yep are you gonna live in it and at least commit to you know three five years cool that sounds like a great way to turn some money yeah yeah man this is awesome cool all right. Well, uh, we like to always end the show with uh, three questions. It's like our lightning round. And so um, I'm going to start off with uh, the first question is a softball one. So any uh, podcasts or uh, books that you've been reading in the past year that uh, have really, I guess, stood out to you or that you've enjoyed? Yes. Um, Hate Incorporated by Matt Taibbi. I've not heard of that one the most wild story of like him following he's a, he's a journalist he follows political political campaigns oh wow and uh he just kind of gives like a new a new insight to just how insane <laughs> the political yeah <laughs> of how the media influences politics in America wow man that's interesting yeah i don't think i want to I, I don't think i want to know any more about how corrupt <laughs> our media is in our politics and all it may goodness. it may tick you right off dude but it's yeah. a great book man that's yeah. cool right on uh okay so if you were able to go back uh let's say a decade from now uh to your younger self is there anything that uh you would want to 
you know, any piece of advice that you would give yourself? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, keeping the topic here, buy as many flipping houses as you can <laughs> as soon as you can. Yeah. That, I think I, I think back that on our first house as well, I would have loved to, you know, repeat and try to buy a duplex or like some kind of multifamily with a low down payment for that first one. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think back at that a lot, BJ. And then m maybe, you know, like buy some Dogecoin and just look <laughs> at the moon on some crap crypto coins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Seriously, like, can you imagine if you knew, like, yeah, when to get in on, let's say, Bitcoin or real estate? Obviously, in 2008, I'm the same. Um, anyone in real estate's like, gosh, dang it. You know, why did I sell any of those properties? You know? We'd yeah. all be done right now. We'd all be retired doing something else, I'm sure. But yeah, we could be Dogecoin billionaires. Dogecoin billionaires. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's so funny. Um, that's awesome. And dude, it's so funny. I actually, I normally have these questions in front of me and I cannot remember the third one. And we're talking, I'm like, what is the third one actually that I always ask? But um, so we won't worry about the third question, but is there anything else? Um, yeah, like any other, I guess, tidbits or wisdom that you would give to people actually, yeah, let's ask this. We're going to mix it up a little bit actually this time. So is there any piece of advice that you would give? Because um, I'm sure that you have people that ask you about becoming like a loan originator um, and they want to get in the industry. So I'm just curious, like, what would you tell them uh, now if they're if they're just, you know, curious about starting their career um, in, in, uh, in the mortgage industry? What would you tell them? Tell them to run away. Yeah. <laughs> um, Less competition. No, I mean, we we have some like brand new loan officers that are cutting their teeth in this market right yeah. now. And so my main thing to them is like, here's a playbook. And we offer that, in, you know, in our branch, in our company, like it's literally called a partnership playbook, like how to build up partners and like how to build your business. Mm -hmm. Follow that to a T and commit to the grind. Because I think if someone's real, like if you got a young and hungry person, whether they're a realtor or a loan officer, and they want to come in and make a name for themselves, like you said, BJ, like now is the time. Yeah. If they can prove themselves of value in in today's market, when the market gets a little bit easier, yeah. where are they going to be? They're going to be 10 miles ahead of the next person. Yeah. So I think if anything, and it's going to be freaking hard, right? Like to cut your teeth right now, mm -hmm. like. You will get rejected. You will go through so much bullcrap to to get to the other side. But if you're committed to it, and if you're willing to potentially not make any money for you know the first six months, nine months, depending on when you get your first deals through the door, yep. if you can survive that storm, like you said, I think that the other side is going to be a very very good spot to be in a career man that's such a good point and it's funny it's very similar because obviously real estate and and mortgages you know we're in the same family and so a lot of the advice is going to be similar anyone that talks to me about it i'm like look you obviously got to be you have to have reserves because you're not going to make anything for at least you know 60 90 days if you're lucky um so obviously you know make sure anyone wants to get into it i would always tell people really like hey stick to what you're doing like keep your day job uh, if you got consistent money coming in and then do this on the side and then, uh, you know, learn, uh, slowly or whatever, and you can learn as fast as you want, but just have that nest egg. Cause, cause it is pretty daunting just to dive in completely. 
Um, but if you do, the one thing I have realized with people is, is I don't care if they're, I used to think that I would, when I was hiring, I would look for people that were really good at, you know, talking or they were really polished. And, you know, I'm like, man, that guy's probably really good at sales. And then I realized it's not about that. Like, it's just the people that are consistent that call and, and just every day show up and they just do the num like they just hit their numbers. That's it. Like there's nothing oh, yeah. more to it. There's no secret. It's a numbers game. That's it. I think, yeah, to your point, um, to, to explode, it's just being there, yeah. right? Like going to the open houses, meeting people, shaking hands, kissing babies. Yep. But then like to get to that next, next level, then I think that it factor can come in, BJ, yeah. that we were talking about with just like charisma mm -hmm. and smiling and just making people feel good. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It, it's just about like getting out and doing the work, staying persistent and consistent. Boom. Yeah. You find success. Man. Love it. Well, you did not disappoint. Uh, you didn't lay an egg. So <laughs> by any stretch. No, I, I seriously uh, love, honestly, this is like my favorite part of the week um, where I get to just, yeah, spend an hour, talk to awesome business owners uh, like yourself and learn from them and, and just have a fun conversation. So appreciate you coming on the show, Adam. Yeah. Thanks for having me, BJ. Yeah, you bet. Thank you for making us a part of your day. I hope you feel more inspired to push through your short-term failures as you work on becoming a true powerhouse. If you enjoyed listening to the show and feel others would benefit from listening as well, please take a couple of minutes to rate and review the show and make sure to share the link with others. See you next week.